Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Father, I will love you this morning. Father, I will honor you this morning. There is no God like you, Jesus. There is no king like you, Jesus. There's no healer like you, Jesus. You are the best of the best. And this morning, we just love you right back, Father, for all the love you've been lavishing on us. Father, let somebody be touched by your love this morning. Father, let a relationship be restored this morning. Father, let a lie be enlightened this morning. Let oppressions be destroyed from the lives of your people. Cause us, Lord, to encounter you, to encounter true love. In your presence, the Bible says, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forevermore. Thank you, Father. We will indulge in the pleasures of heaven this morning. In Jesus' precious name, we have given thanks. Amen. Hallelujah. You may please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, it is with great joy that I stand here again this morning, considering it yet again another privilege given to me by Almighty God to be here to share his word with you. Amen. I think it's a great responsibility. May I never take it for granted. May I always value this great responsibility and try my best to play my role as best as I can. Praise the Lord. Well, just like Shepherd Peter mentioned earlier, we want to say thank you to the Lord for two amazing conferences that we had this past weekend, Onyala Leng on Saturday, and happily ever after taking place just now, this afternoon. Put your hands together for the Lord, for this, for what he is doing in our midst. Can I tell you something? Bearing much fruit will require that you work with somebody. I mean, Adam could not bear any fruit until Eve came on the scene. So teaching you about relationships and how to maximize them is a way of preparing you, you know, for the agenda of bearing much fruit that God has given us. Even if it won't be necessarily this year for some of us. But the good thing about ABC at the moment is that the messages are recorded. So you will always get a chance to go through them at the time of your convenience. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, this morning, just like last week, let us not waste our time. Let us jump straight to God's word. Amen. Amen. The series is still Red Hot Love. And 
I guess last Sunday was really hot. And let's trust God for a good time in his presence this morning. Hallelujah. Don't marry him. That's the title of today's message. Eight types of men that you shouldn't marry. I told you about this last week, so I'm sure you you already knew. We're going to talk about them today. And I'm I'm hoping that your sisters, your disciples, all the people connected to you are really tuned. That they are in church this morning. Because these are not the type of message I think you can easily hear about. They are really inspired by the Holy Spirit. So... Again, I'm glad we are recording them. At some point in time, you might have to come back to them. Amen? Amen. Number one, don't marry a goat. The Bible says in the book of Matthew 25, verse 32 to 33, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Hallelujah. Don't marry a goat. Jesus here in Matthew 25 was now giving us a picture of the judgment of the nations and he did mention that at that time God will separate people the same way a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And you know, if you know your Bible well, you will notice that the Bible calls you a sheep if you are born again. God has never referred to us as goats. Yet in this verse, you do see that there will be sheep and goats. So if you belong to the sheepfold, don't marry a goat. That is what we are saying this morning. What is a goat? A goat is a man who hasn't surrendered his heart to God. That's a goat. You are a sheep. And he's a goat. You have surrendered your heart to Christ. You are saying like Paul, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But you are now engaging yourself with a goat. Look at what Jesus says, John 10, 14. I am a good I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In John 10:27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Tell your neighbor don't marry a goat. What that means is that a goat is a person who doesn't follow Jesus. It's an unbeliever. Do you understand? 
Now, I think it's unwise for you to want to unite yourself with somebody that Jesus is saying God is about separating. Like, you are a sheep and the goat is here. He says he's separating the two. But you are trying to unite a sheep and a goat. Don't you think it's a little bit unwise that God himself is separating something uh, God is disuniting, but you are trying to unite yourself with something that God in his infinite wisdom says it must be separated. Do you know that even in the natural, even in the natural, goats and sheep rarely ever mate. Rarely. And when they do mate, do you understand? That those children never live. Even in the natural, goats they look like sheep, but they know each other. They might be in the same fold, but when the mating time comes, God looks for goats. Sheep look for sheep. Even in the natural, their union doesn't work. You are a sheep. A daughter of the Most High. Why would you accept a connection with something that your heavenly father is saying it shouldn't be? He's separating them. Does a shepherd separate sheep from God? He's making a separation. You are trying to unite it. Seven signs that he is a goat. <laughs> because you might not say, Pastor, how do I know? I mean, how do I know? Well, Acts chapter 7, verse 51, the Bible says, You stiff necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. I found all the qualities of a goat inside this verse. Number one, a goat. How do you know he is a goat? Number one, he is a stiff-necked person. Stubborn and hard. He doesn't flow. Number two. He doesn't understand spiritual things. The Bible says that his heart is uncircumcised. So he doesn't understand when we talk about prayer, fasting, holiness, not going for a party, not drinking, not wearing certain things he wants you to wear. You see, he doesn't understand those things. So when you are dating a God, you can't tell him that you are going for a prayer meeting. He doesn't understand what you are talking about. His heart is uncircumcised. You cannot be telling him you are fasting. You cannot tell him, I'm not going to that party with you anymore. He doesn't understand what you are talking about. He cannot understand those things. His heart, is not that he's trying to be difficult. His heart is uncircumcised. 
He does not have a spiritual understanding to flow with you. Number three. He is trying to force you to worship his ancestors. He is like them. So, he does not flow with God, but he flows with ancestors. Don't be surprised if he starts getting you to do concoctions. Don't be surprised if he wants you to attend certain meetings. Hey, don't be surprised if he wants you to go for certain unveiling of tombstones, like to slaughter. He's into such things. Number four, he criticizes and opposes your pastor and your church. I'm telling you, when, when, you, when the sun starts coming, you are, you, are this, you are dealing with a God. He criticizes my messages openly to you. He criticizes our church programs. Our time, everything about the church you are attending, he's not okay with it. He wants you to join his church or to stay home with him. Number five, he stops you from coming to church. Number six, it stops you from paying your tithe and supporting God's work. He's against it. Because he's uncircumcised. Number seven, he pressurizes you for sex and threatens to leave you if you don't give it to him. Even in the natural, one of the things that used to always break my heart is to see how God pressurizes the, 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 the he goat, the way the he goat pressurizes the she goat for sex. Oh, you should see it. It's a torture. He follows her everywhere. She will try to hide. He follows her. He's behind her. Everywhere he's there. Man, man, man. Everywhere. You will feel sorry for the she goat. You will feel sorry for the shigo because this guy wants it by fire, by force. When you are dealing with a goat, you will never hear the end of it. You can never give him enough reasons for him to back down. Never. He will be on your case. Day and night. One thing, just like the he goat. They are the same. So why are our sisters still busy with he goats? Even though God clearly shows us we shouldn't do it. Number one, our sisters are too desperate. Desperation. The Bible, however, says in Psalm 27 verse 14, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. When you cannot bravely wait, you easily succumb for the good. Easily. Desperation has led many of our sisters, instead of waiting for the right time, the right ship, come, they fall into the hands of a goat. 
Number two, they don't care where a Christless head will lead them. You see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3, that I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. I want you to think about this. When a man's head is not Christ, do you have any idea where, because this man is supposed to not be your head. According to the scripture, he's going to be your head as a woman. But he has not allowed Christ to be his head. The Bible says the head of every man is Christ. But Christ is not the head of a goat. Christ is the head of a sheep. This man, Christ is not, he's a Christless head. Now, he has to be your head. Do you have any idea where he's going to lead you? And a lot of our sisters never think about that. They don't even care about where this man is leading them. He is my head, but Christ is not his head, but I trust him. The Bible says the head of every man was the Christ. And you are busy with a man whose head is not Christ. Yet he is your head. Number three, they don't value their salvation. The reason why our daughters go around with goats, number one, they are too desperate. Number two, they don't care about where a Christless head is going to lead them to. Number three, they don't value their own salvation. I mean, sometimes you even wonder, are they even saved themselves? Because if you value your salvation, you will be interested about where is this man and I are going to end up. If your salvation is important to you, you cannot just dash yourself everywhere. It's when your salvation doesn't mean anything to you that you feel anything can go. And if your salvation is important to you, you will be careful who you associate yourself with. The same way a sheep cannot just go to a goat. In the natural. And they don't have enough sense. They don't even have the Holy Spirit. The people filled with the Holy Ghost will explain to you why the goat is the right one. Matthew 18 verse 8, the Bible says, so if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both your hands and your feet. Jesus was here saying, your salvation must be so important to you that you are even ready to lose your hand as long as you make it to heaven. But my daughters, their salvation is not important. They are ready to lose their salvation and go to hell rather than say, I'd rather go to heaven being without a man than go to hell with a man. I'd rather go to heaven without a husband than go to hell with a, a, a useless husband. They would rather say no. Let me enjoy life here. We'll see what happens there. They don't even think about it. Many daughters never think about their salvation. 
when they start involving themselves with these things. I pray this morning, let your salvation become important to you. That you will not allow yourself to just go everywhere. Ask yourself, this man doesn't love Christ, criticizes the church, doesn't allow me to give money to God. Where exactly is he leading me to? Have you asked yourself that question? Praise God. God is helping us. Please consider this as you make your decisions. Consider these things. Consider his head. Consider your salvation. Number two, my daughters, don't marry a poor lover. Don't marry what? Don't marry a poor lover. Genesis 29 verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, A poor lover is a man who doesn't love you. A poor lover is a man who doesn't value you. Leah was now married to a man and even God could see this man doesn't love this woman. Don't marry I'm sure you were thinking I'm talking about money. No, I'm talking about a man whom you are about to marry and you know he doesn't love you. (laughs) You know he doesn't love you. Okay, just in case you don't know, let me give you seven signs. Number one. You are always the one calling him. Whatsapping him. Trying to make things work. I say, you, when there's a phone call going on, you are the one who died. It's a sign. Every WhatsApp you face. You are the one pushing this thing for it to work. Oh, you are pushing it. You are pushing it. Number two. As soon as you stop pushing, the whole thing stops moving. Like the day you don't call, if you don't call for a week, there's no call. There's no talk. Praise Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Number three, he struggles to say, I love you to you. Either privately 
or publicly. You are always the one saying, Kaurata, I love you. When you say I love you, he says me too. But, but he, he, it's, it's a problem for him to just say it to you. Have you noticed he struggles to say it to you? Maybe you didn't notice. I'm not making you notice that this guy has never said, I love you. Or he will type it, but he will not even type it like properly. He will maybe like I, then maybe put a heart or something, and then you. Like, he's not serious about it. And he cannot look at you eyeball to eyeball and say, I love you. Because it's not true. Number four, he treats you as a sister in Christ. <laughs> like you are trying to treat him as a beloved but when he relates with you it's always at the sister in Christ level do you know what I'm talking about like, the thing has never shifted from sister in Christ are you are pushing to try to make him a beloved I mean he's trying but it's, it always descends back to sister in Christ can't seem to take the ball a bit higher. He is not excited about you or the relationship. In fact, he's ashamed of you in the relationship. Number five, he doesn't like appearing in public with you. No, you say, Pastor, I don't know whether he's a poor lover. I'm giving you the sign. This guy's a poor lover. Has never tagged you in any of his Facebook posts. I mean, you tag him you, and you tag yourself. Like after he does his own thing, you go and tag yourself. You, you, you add yourself. <laughs> uh, you, you add yourself by fire, by force. You comment on all his posts. He never even liked your post. Number six, he doesn't talk about you much, privately or publicly. You'll never hear a brother saying that, you know, he was saying this about you. But you're always saying a lot of things to your sisters about him. Number seven, he barely ever spends a cent on Wena. Everything you have, you still bought yourself. Ever since this relationship started, even Valentine just passed, he never budged. No message, nothing. You waited and waited and waited and went and sent yourself your own message. Or you have to remind him to send you a message. You remind him that is Valentine. You remind him it's your birthday. He must write something. You are dealing with a poor lover. His love is poor. Actually, let me not say his love is poor. His love for you. Because this same guy, if you can find him somewhere else, you know recognize he's the same guy. I'm telling you right now. 
the type of inspiration he has. But his love for you is poor. So he's a poor lover. You see, the most painful tragedy about marrying a poor lover, if you can allow me to tell you this, is that for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, you're going to have to fight for his attention, for his love, for his time. You, you will never have peace. This thing you are starting is not going to change after the wedding day. Oh no. It will get worse after the wedding. I want to bring you back to Leah. And I want you to see the painful marriage that a woman that is not loved can experience. Genesis 29, 32-35. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, It is because the Lord has seen my misery, surely my husband will love me now. So the name she's given to the child is with hope. She says, surely, after I gave birth to this child, this time, my husband will love me. She's still chasing that love. But it didn't come. So the Bible says, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved. So she's not giving birth to a second. I mean, the first son she gave, love didn't come. Now God is giving a second son, and then she says, I think God has not seen that I am not loved. So he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me. She's still chasing. She's still chasing his love. And she's using children, male children, to try. She says, at last, he will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. I've tried. But it was never enough. Her husband will not love her. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time, I will praise the Lord. I'm done. I'm done chasing this love. Let me chase his love. And she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. And out of Judah came Jesus, came David, all these great people. They didn't come from Reuben. They didn't come from Simeon. They didn't come from Levi. When she stopped chasing the love of her husband, and she started chasing the love of God, God blessed her. 
woman who is not loved in a marriage will struggle. She will struggle. She will compete with her daughters. She will compete with the nanny. She will compete with sister-in-laws. She will compete with her mother-in-law. Oh. She will compete with church ladies. She will compete with she will have a lot of problems. Because she doesn't believe this man loves her. Yes, she went ahead and married him. She went ahead and married a man and she knew fully well, this man doesn't love me. This man doesn't love me. I can see the signs. Pastor Pascal gave me the sign, but I'm still going ahead. I'm trusting that he's going to change. I believe he's going to change. In the marriage, he will become a different man. He will suddenly start loving me. Oh no, if I give him the first child, that's what you are always thinking. No, I think it's because the children haven't come. When I give him the first son, a son, no, he will consider. Leah is giving you the total CV. Three and four sons, still no love. Oh no baby, because I'm giving him daughters. Let me give him a son. If I give him a son, things will change. Leah gave this man four sons. At the fourth one, she gave up. She gave up. Don't marry a poor lover. I believe that you deserve something good. I believe that you deserve something great from the Lord. Why settle for a poor lover when you can have a full lover? Why? You keep compromising for this guy. You keep giving him reasons. You keep finding excuses for him. For how long? You are explaining his behavior. Your mother is telling you, can't you see? No, you are explaining, no, it's because of this. Your sisters are saying, shouldn't it be like this? You are saying, no, it's because of this. You are explaining him. You don't understand what you are putting yourself into. It's not going to be easy. Number three, don't marry a parasite. Don't marry a parasite. Do you understand English? Okay. Don't marry a parasite. Proverbs 31 verse 23. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. Do you know whose husband is this? This is the husband of the virtuous woman. The virtuous woman. The only thing mentioned about her husband is that he is known. He is known where? At the city gate. Where he takes his seats. He sits among the leaders. And not just any leaders. Civic leaders. You know civic people. Talkers. Day and night. They do nothing. They just talk and talk and talk, and talk, and talk. The virtuous woman is the one waking up early, working all day, sleeping late, getting her food from afar, doing this, doing that. The only thing about her husband, he's known. 
at the city gate where he take his seat among the leaders, the civic leaders. What is a parasite? A parasite is a man who lives at your expenses without contributing much in return. We call him a kept man. He's kept. He can't keep himself. He depends on you. A parasite is an insect that lives inside another animal. Maybe you don't understand this thing. You see, you didn't go to school well. You didn't, I'm, I'm sorry. A parasite is an, is, is, is an animal that lives on another animal. For example, you have parasites in your body. We call them worms. They're inside your stomach. They depend on you to eat. When you eat, then they eat. They're in you. Worms, parasites, they're inside. If you have a dog, sometimes you'll find a bag on it. It's sucking the blood. It's a parasite. It cannot eat by itself. Seven signs that he is a parasite. Number one, your money bought almost everything he has. Your money bought everything he has. Number two, he makes personal plans with your salary in mind. Like, he's planning things using your salary. Number three, since he met you, he's not talking much about finding job again. No. For what? Why? There's no looking for jobs. Like, all that talk is over. Let's finish. Number four. He is getting better every day. You are getting bitter every day. He's enjoying, but struggling. Nothing has changed much with you, but a lot of things have changed with him. Number five. Most of your money is spent on him, his debts, his problems, his projects. He came with debts, dumped himself on you. He has made his debts one of your biggest projects. You must ensure we pay these debts. Then after we pay these debts, I've always had an idea to start a business there. And I have this, this desire to buy this type of car. And I think if I collect your salary, if I check your salary for the coming, the coming six months, we can definitely buy this car. We need this car. We must buy this car. If we don't have this car, things are not going to be well in the house. 
It's a parasite. He drops you at work and spend the whole day watching TV. That's number six. Number seven. You are his plan A, his plan B, his plan C, his plan D, his plan Z. There's no other plan. You are the plan. Every other plan is still you. Do you understand these things that I'm talking about? Please, as I give you these signs, when you have a person coming close, check, is he a goat? Is he a poor lover? Is he a parasite? Check them. He will always fall in one of those eight if he hasn't been working on himself. Number four. Don't marry a mama's boy. Genesis 2 verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined with his wife and they shall become one flesh. A mama's boy is a man who is excessively influenced and attached to his mother. He hasn't left her. He's not planning to. There's nothing wrong with his mother. He's a mama's boy. Has always been. Will always be. You have to deal with it. He's a mama's boy. You don't know who you are marrying, whether him or his mother. You don't know what you are marrying. You are confused. If you didn't know his mother, well, you were going to think that's the girlfriend. Seven signs. He is a mama's boy. Number one, he runs every decision by mama. Number two, his favorite line is, my mom says, my mom thinks. Those are his favorite lines. Number three, he does everything with his mother. The mother is like his shadow. When you see him, you check carefully, the mother is there. It's a mama's boy. Number three. Or number four. His mama is always right. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with his mother. Don't you dare say anything bad about his mother. Number five. His mama always knows everything. When he tells you something, you are excited, you think he's a secret. What you don't know 
is that his mama knew that thing long before you knew about it. His mama knows everything. She knows when you guys had sex. She knows if it was nice. She knows everything about you. His mama knows everything. Number six. He expects you to be like his mama. He doesn't understand why you are struggling. Can't you be like my mother? Then he will have two mama. Hey. <laughs> that way he will not leave mama. If he left mama there, he, he creates another mama here. So mama is still here. It's mama, mama. Number seven. His mama shows up and announces anytime, any day, anywhere. She doesn't book appointments. You'll be sitting there and she's entering. Dumelawa Jesus. And you have to deal with it. You are you are burning. He's happy. Mama has arrived. Wow, Mama, I miss you. The last time I saw you was yesterday night. Wow. Hey. I mean, you ask yourself, what in the world have I thrown myself into? What's going on? You have married a mama's boy. <laughs> you will suffer. You will suffer. You will suffer. And from time to time, himself and his mama, they gang up against you. Oh, they give you cold shoulders. They torture you for you to line up. When they sense you, you are not lining up. They will deal with you. You will sit there and cry. He goes to his mama. Ah. Are you blessed? Yes. Don't marry a mama's boy. Hmm? Number five. Don't marry a sissy boy. A wimp. Don't marry a wimp. Genesis 3, verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it and she gave to her husband. 
who was with her. And he ate it. A wimp is a weak man who lacks a backbone. That's a wimp. You might enjoy him letting you leave, but it's going to backfire very soon. A weak man without a backbone. It's a wimp. The wimpy. I will not be surprised he even lacks wimpy. You can never see him at Nando's, those hot things. No, 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 no. He, he likes goes to Wimpy and he does children breakfast. Seven signs that he's a wimp. Number one. He is laid back most of the time. Laid back. He always seems to be in another world. Like he's in another planet. He's not here. You will even be talking to him and eh, 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 that he, he, it's like he's never really there. Lay back. Taking it slow. Number two, he doesn't mind you leading and making the decisions. Oh, he's okay. You go to a restaurant, he lets you order for him. There's a pastor who went to buy a house. He finds the man, asks the man, what is the price of the house? Ah, ask my wife. Ask my wife or my daughter. They know, they know, they know. Yeah, ask them, they will tell you. And he says, whatever amount she gives, that's the amount. He doesn't mind you taking all the decisions. I mean, Adam didn't mind Eve going for the fruit, taking the, eating the fruit in front of him. Then give it to him and he ate also. He didn't mind. Number three. He knows what must be done. But he just can't seem to do it. And things are just falling apart around him. One after the other. It's a whip. Number four. He never wants to hurt anyone trying to bring peace everywhere. So he never confronts issues. You put them under the carpet. More issues put under the carpet. His carpet is always full of all kinds of dirty stuff. Rotten stuff. Issues of three years ago are still under the carpet. He's unable to raise them up and address them with strength. Weak man. Number five. He has no drive. There's no drive. And you can easily say he's lazy. Just a lazy guy. Can stay in the house all week. Doesn't want to go anywhere. Just at home. Wakes up in the morning, watch TV. Eat, watch TV. 
eat, wait for you, make love to you, watch TV, eat. That is even even have the strength to do such thing because he might not even have the strength for so he might feel, look, he keep postponing the love making for further notice. There's no drive, including sex drive. There's nothing. He has no drive. He has no drive. Everything you initiate it, including that love matter. If you don't initiate, ah, you wait. Oh. You wait for a long time. He, and he doesn't mind. No, he doesn't mind. He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> Number six, he does everything in slow motion. Everything. To fix that labab, it will take at least three months. It's a slow motion, slow. Everything. Slow motion. Mm. Number seven. He shifts the blame and avoid taking responsibility. The wife you gave me, she gave me the food and I ate it. Hmm? Remember what I told you last week. These things are for us also men that try to not be this type of a person. Try to not be this type of a person. And to the sisters, look, I'm telling you, when you get, you come across these guys, prepare yourself. It's like, look, today's message is a prophecy. I'm already telling you what's going to happen. Whether you believe the prophecy or not. But the Bible says, believe in your prophet and you shall prosper. You shall prosper. Number six, don't marry a cobra. Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old path where the good ways is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your soul. But they said, we will not walk in it. That's a cobra. A cobra is a man who doesn't submit to nobody. Yet Paul is saying in, in 1 Corinthians 1, 11, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Cobra man says, I imitate nobody. I imitate myself. Jesus says in Matthew 4, 19, follow me as I fo- uh, follow me and I will make you. Cobra man says, I will not follow you. I don't follow anybody. As a cobra. You will never follow, you never find a cobra following anybody. That's bad news for you because it means if there's a problem in this house, you will never know who to call. You never know who to call. What are the signs that he's a cobra? Number one, he's his own leader. Number two, he's accountable to no one. He never talks, you never hear him refer to somebody, refer to a leader, refer to, you never hear that he's going for a meeting, he has this, oh, he's a bit under stress because he hasn't done this. You never hear such thing about this guy. 
Wow! You are dealing with a cobra. Number three, no one is good enough to lead him. His leaders are in America. He deals with them on Facebook and, and YouTube. He talks about people that are not around. His leaders are in books. He doesn't have a real leader that he can tell you, look, this is the man I follow. This is the man I'm submitted to. As a cobra. Number four, no one is qualified enough to correct him. That means you are dealing with a proud person and it's going to backfire. Number seven, don't marry a shark. Proverbs 3 verse 31. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Who is a shark? A shark is a man who is violent and abusive verbally, physically, and sexually. That's a shark. <laughs> That's a shark. You can sense already this guy's going to be violent. I think I want to give you some signs. Ten signs that he is a shark. Number one, he is jealous and very possessive. He questions you every time. You have to tell him where you were. Uh Who who did you speak to? Okay, let me see your phone. He checks As soon as you enter the house, interrogation starts. I called you at 10 past 3. Where were you? Okay, where were you? What were you doing? We shop? Okay, can I see a footage? Can you show me, like, can I see? Number two, he wants to control you. So he makes you ask for permission for everything. You have to get permission from him to go wee wee. You have to ask permission from him to wear these clothes. You have to get permission from him to go to church. You, he, he, that, you are, look, it's a recipe for serious violence coming. These are just signs that you are dealing with a disturbed person. Number three, he isolates you. He hates all your friends. They are dumb. He doesn't like them. So you have to cut them off. Church, church is the wrong church. Quere, quere, pastor, cut it off. By the time he's done, it's just you and him. He has successfully cut everybody around you. You are dealing with a shark. He doesn't treat others with respect. You see how he talks to people in the restaurant. You can sense the violence in him. Number five, he denies all his past violent actions when you try to confront him about them. 
He will say, no, 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 that was, that was, no, that guy was crazy. You know, that guy, you know, if I tell you what she did to me, you will never believe. And he explains everything to make himself look good for you. Number six is unpredictable. You never know what will make him mad. You never know what will make him mad. Number seven, he doesn't care about half your he doesn't care about your feelings when he's talking to you. He will use the F word, the K word, this word. He's just blasting you. Number eight, he uses abusive words on you during arguments. Number nine, he throws things, breaks things, beats things, raises his voice, yells at you. You are having the signs. There's going to be violence in this relationship. There could be beatings in these relationships. Number 10, you are always afraid of him. There's no more love, there's fear now. As soon as your phone rings and it's him, you are afraid. As soon as you enter the house, or as soon as he enters the house, you are afraid. Oh. Things have changed. You are policed all the time. You are dealing with a shark. I hope you are aware of it. And sharks bite. And their bites are terrible. I believe the silence that is in this building this morning is because all these men are the ones my people have been busy with. At the level of silence that has just entered us right now. It's like, yo. Lastly, don't marry a Casanova. Who is a Casanova? A Casanova is a serial fornicator. Do you understand? He strikes one sister after another. One branch after another. The moment he's discovered in Sun City, he starts fellowshipping in Patsima or Lidak. He, he, but he has located a number of gallibles. He's a Casanova. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, they will act religiously, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind who walk, they walk their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Vulnerable women. These guys, they recognize them. Say Casanova. You are dating a Casanova. You are beloved dosing a Casanova. And you don't know it. You are maybe number 45 on his list. 
Jude 1.4 says, I say this because some ungodly people have worn their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago and for they have denied our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. These are people that, look, let me give you a few signs about the Casanova. Number one, he puts a lot of emphasis on his look and his image. Do you understand? Like this guy likes looking good. Unusually. And he's also very attractive and good looking. As a Casanova. He knows he's handsome and he's going to use it. Wow. Number two. He doesn't post much of his personal life on social media. Like, if you go on his social media, you find funny, funny stuff. He, he, he just shares some things about government, you know, like stuff. Maybe there's a post, he shares it there. Funny, funny things that don't make any sense. Like, you will never see himself, his things there. Or he makes it to be very filtered that you never really get to see his real stuff. If he went somewhere and people tag him, he untag himself, he doesn't want you to know him really. Number three, he's a smooth talker. He's a charmer boy. He's smooth. Very smooth. The moment he starts talking, you start babbling. You... You start losing control of yourself. Number four, he is very vocal about wanting to sleep with you. He's not pretending. Like you will be, you will ask yourself, are we in the same church? When he starts talking, you can sense he wants it. And he's not playing about it. Like he tells you, you can feel he, you, you sense what he wants. Yeah. You will be asking yourself, didn't the guy listen to the message? Uh, you know, sexual sin, all this message. He said, I was there, I was there, I was there, I was there. You know, God is, God is helping us. But at this stage, at this stage, I'm still dealing with it. You understand? And I really want you. Number five, most of his friends are girls on social media. If you go to his friends on Facebook, all of them, most of them, Ladies, 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 ladies. Those are signs to you. A lot of ladies are interested in your men. <laughs> you are not the only one interested in him. Number seven, he tells you that he is not really eh, ready for something serious. You understand, like, every time you want to bring up certain subjects, you know, Lobola, you know, meeting stage, all those, no, 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 it's a look, 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 this is, we are just, we are still trying something here, don't start, don't complicate it, there's nothing serious yet, nothing is ever serious. Hmm? Casanova. You will never hear him say things like, I want to see your parents, from where? No, that can never be in the conversation. I want to see your bedroom. Those are the type of those that I want to see. I want to see you in your bikini. I want those are the things he is 
most likely going to want to see. Do you understand? I want to see you. I want to see you around eight o'clock tonight. I like those are the type of things you will want to you will hear from him. Yeah. The way this guy is so smooth, if you don't take care before you can say hallelujah, he will have slept with you. And and you will not know how it happened. You just realize eh, it has happened. And he's gone. Next. That's a Casanova. Lastly, when you talk to other sisters, you are coming excited. You know, there's this brother. This, then you are surprised that they are also they, are, they also have something about the same brother. You know, like then you ask yourself, what's going on? I thought I thought I'm the only one. No, sister. No, <laughs> we are indeed many. It's a legion. It's a it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. You are dealing with a Casanova. And I can see you are very disappointed that the same thing he told you, he told her. I pray you never meet this guy. I pray you never meet him. He's dangerous. He's very dangerous. Praise the Lord. Well, there you have it. Eight types of men that you shouldn't marry. My prayer for you is the same prayer we prayed last week. The drawing power of God. May God not allow some people to be drawn to you or you to be drawn to them. The ordering of the steps. Father, because the steps of the righteous men are ordered by you, please order my steps away from these people. Order my steps away from these people. Wimps. Mama, mama's boy, all these people, parasites, goat, sharks, cobras. You see, I've, I've given some of them animal characters to help you remember. To help you remember. Praise the Lord. I want you to read the verse as I close. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Many claim to have unfailing love. But the faithful person who can find. The purpose of this entire series is not just that you will find that faithful person, it's that you will become that faithful person. You might not easily find the person, but you can become that faithful person. And if you do, somebody will find you. Somebody will find you. Praise the Lord. I pray that God ministers to you. Sisters, I know it's not easy. I know the clock is ticking. But remember the verse I read earlier. It's better to enter life with one hand than to have two hands and to end up in hell. Each one of these men, I've taken my time to even give you signs for each one of them. Because I know sometimes sisters don't see. Like you are blind. Yeah. I get it, you say love is blind. So you don't really you don't really see. 
So at least I've given you the signs. I said, okay, you know what? I'm seeing this sign, I'm seeing this sign, I'm seeing this sign. This is also not a reason not to go there and start becoming suspicious of every single person you meet. Then you just start moving them from Casanova to this, like you just said. Hey, yesterday when I were a shark, I think today now you are becoming a Casanova to me. I don't understand what's going on with you. And I actually feel you are a goat. You see, so it's not about that. That's not what we are here for. This is just to help you. Praise God. And let me also say to you, my dear sisters, that there's no perfect man out there. This is just a guideline to help you. Your real guide is the Holy Spirit. He knows everybody. He knows people. If you are close with the Holy Spirit, somebody might not look like a Casanova, might not look like a He might not even have any of these signs. Yet the Holy Ghost will say to you, run away from this guy. And somebody might look like he's this, but the Holy Ghost will say to you, that's the one. So over and above this, even to the brothers, I'm saying over and above this, understand your real guide is the Holy Spirit. And the leaders God has given you. Please listen to them. Some of you, we can't even tell you when you are dealing with a Casanova because you leave the church. You start hating us, not wanting to feel, you know, these people are jealous. Don't, when, when it was his assurance, so they were supporting. Now I'm coming with my person. He's a good. He's a Casanova. He's this. I mean. See, that's how you guys usually become. So we become afraid to even say anything. That we love you. Of all of these, the worst. In fact, each one of them is worse to some degree. You see, a Casanova. He will, he will make you compromise your Christianity. And that's the problem with these guys. He wants you. He's similar to the goat. But I think nothing is worse than marrying a poor lover. A person who doesn't love you. That's hard. Because a husband is supposed to love his wife. And this guy doesn't love you. May God help us. God help us. I want you to stand on your feet this morning and let's just ask the Lord for grace. For grace and mercy. Like I've told you many times, this prayer for grace and mercy is a prayer of exemption. Because everything that we are, that matter, is by the grace of God, not by our own capacity. Let's pray for grace. Everybody begin to pray for the grace of the Lord. Father, your mercy to save us, to keep us, to help us in these times, in these times where men disguise themselves, put on sheep clothing, meanwhile they are wolves, protect us. Give us the courage to make the right decisions, especially when you have shown us enough signs. Help us, oh God. Those of us men that have listened to this message this evening, and we can see ourselves in some of these characters. 
Father, help us work on ourselves. Help us work on ourselves. Help us fix ourselves. Help us change by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus. We receive grace this morning. We receive grace this morning. We receive mercy this morning to do the will of God. To do the will of God. Oh, Father, thank you that each one of us will marry the person you have assigned for them to marry. Each one of us will encounter true love. Father, I pray for the sons and the daughters of this ministry that by your grace, each one of them will have a beautiful marriage, a blessed marriage. Through this wisdom you are giving us, we will adjust ourselves and get in the right direction. We seek the Lord. We follow the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Receive all the glory. Receive all the honor. In Jesus' precious name we have given thanks. Amen. Quickly this morning, you are here. You are not born again. I'm sorry to say this, but it looks like you are a goat. You don't have to worry. The power of God has turned... We were all goats, all of us. But the power of God has turned our lives around. Today, we are the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his hand. You have listened to this message and I believe there's a conviction that the Holy Ghost has brought in your heart. And you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to surrender your life to Jesus this morning. I don't want to close this service without giving you that opportunity. You are saying, Pastor, I want to become a sheep. I want to become a child of God. I want to belong to those on the right of Jesus, not those on his left. The Bible says it will separate them. The left will be the goats. On the right, it will be the sheep. I want to ask you this morning, when that day comes, on which side will you be? On the right or on the left? You can decide right now. Right now, you can decide. I'm going to be on the right. I'm going to be on the right. Yes. If that's your, your, you, you're saying, I want to be on the right. I want to pray for such people this morning. At the count of three, I want you to raise your right hand to the heavens and I will pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. I want you to be on the right. I want you to be born again. I want you to become a sheep. To become a child of God. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless all of you. Thank you so much. God bless all of you. Please, you can take your hands down. Second of all, I want to pray for those of us that have turned into cobras. You don't follow anybody. You don't imitate anybody. You are just on your own. You just do your own things. But this morning, the word of God has come. The question I have for you, who are you accountable to? Who do you report to? Who are you under? Who is helping you? If you cannot answer with a real name from somebody that is in your area, please, I want to pray for you. 
you are saying, Pastor, I want you to commit my life to Jesus. At the count of three, please raise your right hand. One, two, three, raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. You can take your hands now. Please, let's pray together this morning. Repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mohwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day, and remember, we are alive to give life. Whether you